welcome to I Guess We're Grownups Now. I am one of your hosts, Carrie. And I'm Brooke. Hi, Brooke. How's it going? Going pretty well. I'm, I'm living in the snow world of Portland right now. Oh, shut up. <laughs> snow world of Portland. If we compared before guys... we started recording, and I think like it's uh, 30 degrees Celsius warmer than you here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and you've got about uh, 130th of the snow that we have. Yeah. So, we're also 130th yeah. as hardy, right? But I think we're, <laughs> we're a soft people here. <laughs> yes, we are. We are hearty people. <sighs> <sighs> so it's officially spring, though, right? Like in bulk <laughs> or disting happened. But the, no. in, in the calendar, the spring, beginning of spring thing happened. No. Yeah, yeah. Tell, no, March, yeah, the, the March 21st. No, but it... Oh. Yeah, the Celtic and Pagan calendar, disting and, and in bulk, say like, hey, it's like the, the end of winter, early spring. So, <laughs> What's March 21st? Who says that? The the calendar, like the... The um, What do you call it? Like the Julian calendar, whatever we use. I don't One even of them. know. Yes. Oh, sorry. I'm going to have to... Someone voice it on this by monks. <laughs> well, anyway, it is now sort of spring, and we are thawed to some degree, although maybe not to the degree that we are thawed in Portland. Um, yeah. And we've been away for a little while, but uh, we haven't been unbusy. We've no. traveled a bit. We've yes. done some vacationing. And we wanted yep. to talk today about... Uh, books and movies that maybe we've watched and listened to and maybe you have watched and listened to and read things too um well you've been doing your winter dear listener dear listener <laughs> yes all right well uh let's start with movies because uh i yeah. think we've both seen some notable movies of late yeah yeah so i think the most notable that i've seen that i want to just yell about all the time but everyone's doing it for me is uh, Black Panther. Um, I saw that on Friday. Uh, I got to see it in Oakland, um, which is a location in the film itself. Um, everyone was really, really excited in the theater about the fact that it took place in Oakland. Um, it's just incredible. It, if you've seen a superhero movie and enjoyed it, you will certainly enjoy this one. But if you like just generally action movies, this one is fantastic. Um, every single person who's in the film is doing a bang-up job, including Bilbo Baggins. Um, Frodo, uh, what's his name? Martin Freeman. He's like the token. Uh, my friend joked that because uh, uh, he is in the film and also Andy Serkis, who plays a villain, that they're the Tolkien white guys. Um, but, like Lupita is amazing in it. Like Michael B. Jordan. Um, just Chadwick. Every single actor in the film is, is absolutely stunning. Uh, the costuming, all the set design, they imagine sort of the land that it takes place in is Wakanda, which is a African nation state that existed without colonial influence because they, um, I think, got a hold of a some sort of material or mineral that gave them um, better technology at a faster rate. And so they were able to kind of like wall off and say, hey, white people are fucking up the rest of Africa. We're going to protect ourselves. And nice. um so it's sort of a futuristic look at what would, what's it, an Afrofuturist like look at a nation state. Um, but yeah, it has a lot of like family drama. It, it's, it's amazing. Um, 
just go see it. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> and you said you saw a movie recently, too. Yeah, I uh, have taken a bit of a break from watching or from reading books, which I had been on a really steady diet of books for a couple months now. And I uh, took a break. And so I'm sort of catching up on movies uh, that I have wanted to see or or whatever. Uh, so I finally saw Get Out. Speaking yeah. Of fantastic movies with black people in it. Um, and it was was amazing i loved it it was so fantastic um but on the on the uh oh and i saw um the cloverfield paradox right after the yeah. right after the super bowl i did exactly what they told me to do and i went and watched cloverfield paradox and then so, uh the other two cloverfields showed up on netflix so last night i watched the first one um which was really quite interestingly done uh and i think affected my sleep after um and so now i just have uh eight cloverfield lane i think the middle one is called to 10, ten cloverfield to, lane you know, what? 10 okay thank you um yeah so it, i want to i want to uh, hear what you thought about obviously get out was incredible but what did you think about paradox and then what did you think about cloverfield so i really liked paradox um it's got a couple sort of uh cheap special effects you know gross out special effects um but the it, it was pretty good it was nice to see um you know traditionally underrepresented characters have agency and get meaningful like things to do in a movie um yeah and you know, the white guy making the sacrifice so that others can continue on on their adventure instead of the usual, um, you know, supporting characters making, sacrificing themselves. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was good. I thought um, the way they linked it in with the first Cloverfield movie was good. Yeah. Um, I didn't know it at the time, but now that I've seen it. Anyway, yeah, uh, I liked it. Yeah, I also, I also loved it. I think some people were saying they didn't like it, but it has, um, yeah, the, the protagonist is a woman of color, um, which and she's does just, like, a fantastic job. I don't remember the actress's name, but she's great. Um, yeah. It has um, a guy who I actually know from the British TV show MI5, or in Britain it's called yes. Spooks, um, who was great in that. He's great in this. He plays, like, the captain of the program. Um, it has Zheng Ziyi speaking Mandarin the entire time, which is cool because it's a nice, yes. like, hey, you don't need to speak English. We always speak Mandarin to you, um, which in my mind also implies to some degree that in their world, Mandarin might be, like, even more of a, an important language because everyone seems to speak yeah. it. Um, yeah. Although the most, most of the movies in English. Um, yeah, and I, it, it, it did exactly what I wanted it to do, which is, like, be a space movie about things going wrong. Um, uh, and it did it well. There was yep. definitely some weird stuff. You're totally right. Um, there, there was sort of a gross out, couple gross out scenes, but I, I think in general, like, there isn't a threat of sexualized violence um, nope. that I remember. Nope. Uh, yeah, women have agency. I don't know. It passed a lot of tests. It had, I think it passed like the Bechdel test too. I will say as a warning. Um, before we talk about the first one, which I would definitely want to hear your thoughts on, because it's one of my favorite movies ever. 
uh, ah. 10, Clo 10 Cloverfield Lane, um, I did not like because of the threat of sexualized violence and throughout right. most of the film. Um, I still think it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good movie. I think that all the people who did a good job in it, but I have like my own personal trauma I brought to it. Um, John Goodman, who's in that, reminds me of my dad. And it's just a weird, mm -hmm. weird thing. But watch it and let me know what you think. But yeah, so the first yeah. one, I saw the first one years ago when it first came out. Um, I thought it was incredible. I loved watching a bunch of like sort of entitled rich white kids get destroyed along with New York. Um, <laughs> and the like shaky handheld camera, you know, um, sort of gonzo style, uh, I think really heightened the fear and the fun of yes. the movie. Um, and yeah, uh, I don't want to spoil anything about the ending, but I think it's good. Um, yep. what, did, what did you think about it? I thought it was a decent adventure. I hated the way though, that it was completely reliant on a white guy trying to save a white girl who he was infatuated with. Like he put all of his friends in unnecessary danger um, because of his obsession with this girl. Yeah, it was pretty annoying. Yeah. So, I mean, more unnecessary danger. Like, yeah. Anyway. So maybe an important question about Cloverfield, um, which if you haven't seen it, uh, everyone should go see that movie. I think it's probably on Netflix. It's definitely available. Yep. And it's, um, yeah, it's about a monster attack in New York, but sort of more realistic, quote unquote. Where would you have right. gone? Like, if, if it happened to oh. you and you were at a party, how would have you, what have you have done? <laughs> I would have gone into the Hudson River. I mean, like, I'd be dead. Uh, oh, okay. I, my instincts are bad. So I, I I, fully expect, I hope, actually, to be amongst the first wave of of deaths, sudden yeah. and violent deaths in <laughs> such a, like, really, that is my, I, feel like I wish the, nothing less for myself. In the film, in the film, like, you, it was survivable. Like, if you'd gotten away quickly. Um, yeah. Like you needed to right. get out so of the Right, so I don't think I would have gone on the roof in the first scene. Yeah. You know, when they first get attacked, when there's first something going on, everybody, like, went to the roof. I'm like, no, I'd be like, I'm out of here. I'm in a basement somewhere until sure. this clears. You just hole up in a grocery store basement and, yeah. Like in the mist. Didn't they go to a grocery store? <laughs> I didn't see the mist. There's, like, three versions of it now, but it's that Stephen King thing. Oh, um, right. But sim well, in some ways, similar. Yeah, I think I would have tried to get out of town. I don't know how I would have done it. I think that's a... Uh, I live in a place where we're all supposedly waiting for a giant earthquake to happen. Um, right. Which is, which is, like, the more real fear, right, than a yeah. monster. But um, I'm always like, oh, could I get to Washington or wherever? Like, would right. I survive that? But probably, I, I'm, I'm with you, I probably would die. I think in zombie movies, I'm always like, I'd rather die quickly. Um, yeah. And then these kind of movies, I feel like it, it makes me feel like I could somehow survive. Um, right. I don't know. But uh, I think the, the Cloverfield Paradox makes it seem like that wouldn't be a good idea. So. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. But I don't want to spoil that either. Um, the uh, the other movie uh, that I saw yesterday, yeah. which uh, was partly shot, at least set in Portland. The other part was set in Seattle. Okay. Uh <laughs> was Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, you did. Oh, my gosh. 
like you might not realize it, Brooke, but but um, you you the voice of you watched it with me because every time there was a sex scene, there was Brooke, Brooke's voice in my head going, "Straight sex is horrible. Straight sex is boring. Straight." Sex. <laughs> Like, yes. Well, Mormon, they're uh, Mormon, too. Oh, okay. So the woman who wrote know. it, I think it's Mormon. I'm pretty sure. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's right. Well, and this was like, it was, it, it, oh my didn't God. It, start off, it started off as like fan fiction about Twilight. Yes. Yeah, it's Twilight adjacent world. It's wild. And, and yeah. He wears, was, he wears jorts. Doesn't he wear Dom jorts? I heard something about that. Does he wear what? From what I understand, he puts on jean shorts, or jorts, oh. as we call them, before he beats her up. He has dom jorts. Oh, maybe. I thought I thought they were just pants, but they were, like, not... It was bad. Everything yeah. about it was bad. There was not a... I mean, I mean Seattle, the city, was beautiful, but um, it, the movie was horrible. I, I haven't seen <laughs> it. When he like, says, my desires are unconventional, and shows her the room... The room just has like some whips in it, or yeah. oh, and shackles and dildos okay. and uh, you know feathers and yeah. Oh man, feathers! But, Watch out. But <laughs> yeah, and uh, do you want me to like tell you the ending? Yeah, I don't. I will never see that movie unless I'm on a lot of drugs. All right, <laughs> spoiler for Fifty Shades of Grey coming. <laughs> like. <laughs> at the end near the end she's like why do you want to hurt me like show me as bad as it can get and he's like okay I'll show you as bad as it can get and he like bends her over and hits her six times with uh like a leather strap basically uh, I don't know what the, I don't know what the word is for it um but like six times and uh-huh. I'm sorry. He wasn't like wheeling back and hitting her as hard as he, like. I'm sorry. <laughs> Even for me, it was well, like maybe, really six. Maybe he's six times. Maybe he's weak. Maybe he's very anemic and he can't. That's actually as I, hard as he can hit. I mean, I don't think the writer of the movie realized that that was the message they were sending. But yes, I agree. It was it was a little bit pathetic. And then she said, "Yeah, no, this is not for me," and walked out. I mean, that's fair. Hey, but you know what? Like, right. Good for her for knowing what she doesn't want. Yeah. Um, but then they made more movies, and I think she eventually ended up with him. Yes. Um, I think yeah, there's I... a wedding in the last one, so. Yeah, God, I hate it. I hate it so much. I mean, most, I hate marriage, but I also hate that they got married. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's no as hard as it can be. And there's actually, this is a side com- uh, conversation, but um, in, in the kink community, as I understand it, there's always discussion about how, like, being a bottom or being a sub or or being someone who is receiving um, pain or whatever else there's sometimes like a competition to see who can take the most right Mm -hmm. but like being a good bottom or a good sub is like being able to withstand the most punishment and i don't think that in my opinion is the right way to think about it it's more like do what you want to do as much of it as you want to do and then don't do it after that um because like it, it sucks to do things for other people uh, or sorry, well, it's good to think of people in a nice way, but like to, to sort of subjugate your desires to other people's desires is sort of frustrating. Yeah. So, so I'd recommend if anyone has seen that movie and it's like, oh, um, maybe it's a good example in that case because she's saying, I don't want this. Right. Maybe that's perfect. But yeah, 
yeah, I don't know. I, I, as a person who goes to things that um, have kink anthem, um, I find the whole thing amusing. But yeah, at the same time, it's... I have friends who work at sex toy stores, and I think that movie has sent a lot of um, married, uh, middle-aged suburban folks to those stores to look for like some light implements, um, right. and hopefully get some actual good advice about like what to use and what not to use. Because I think that movie might have some some bad ideas like if they, i think they use like a necktie at some point for something and that's not a good one to use <laughs> yeah yeah uh and i guess the other pro i would say the movie has going for it is that um for much of the movie um he's trying to get her to sign a contract to be his sub okay and she basically um, manipulates the situation to her advantage by just avoiding giving him, avoiding signing the contract or giving him a, an answer on it. I love it. So she basically, he's all, you know, supposedly, you know, a strong businessman who only does things on his terms and blah, blah, blah. And she <laughs> really manipulates him out of that. So, you know, I have respect for that too. Yeah. I, but did you see, this is a news item, but um, there was an app that I guess some terrible men made that was attempting to provide consent via the blockchain. Yes! That's what I was thinking it of when you were like, you want I'm you like, to have a contract? Really? <laughs> a yeah, contract. I think Christian Gray, the character, seems like the kind of person who would A, vape, and B, talk about Bitcoin. Um, oh, 100%. So that's pretty awful. Don't, yeah. yeah. Get out of there. Um, I saw a movie that was set in Portland. Uh, that I enjoyed that I think is also on Netflix called I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. <gasps> Wasn't it great? It was amazing. And it had uh, also had, movie. It had Frodo um, speaking yes. of Tolkien characters and in, in shows. <laughs> but yeah, set in Portland, it, it's dark. There's some gore to it, but it's also really, really, really funny. And, and just, I don't know, like Elijah Wood plays like a, a weird Christian boy and um, the main who's woman obsessed who's with Japan stuff, like Mark yeah, and, thing. and the main woman that I forget her name. I'm so bad at actors' names. I know. Uh, but she's been in a lot of cool stuff. But she's just fantastic, and she's yeah. kind of like this: the world takes advantage of her kind of person who then figures out how to maybe start yeah. seizing her own agency. Um, it's funny. I don't know. Watch it's it. It's funny, and I could never predict what was going to happen. It was the kind of movie where, yeah. like. Literally anything could happen next. It's true. It was great. I loved we, it. We didn't figure out it was set in Portland until like maybe partway through. And then oh, we were like, oh, that that's why people kept seeing Elijah Wood in bars. <laughs> ah, um, yes. I, I think it came together for us. The other movie that I saw that's not set in Portland, but does have Sam Neill from Stargate, um, along with Taika Waititi, uh, and some other cool folks is the hunt for the wilder people or wilder people. Oh, um, it's something that I'd heard really good things about, but hadn't seen until recently. I had to rent it, but it's uh, set in New Zealand. Um, it follows the story of this boy Ricky, who is um, sort of a quote-unquote bad kid uh, mm -hmm. who has been sort of shuffled between foster homes, and the most recent people to take him in are this um, couple who live in sort of the wilderness. In, in the bush in New Zealand and Sam Neill and his partner um, 
they're like a little bit older and they decide to take in Ricky and Ricky just keeps running away. And then eventually some stuff happens and him and Sam Neill end up bonding in the forest. And it's just, uh, if you've seen like Thor Ragnarok or, mm-hmm. um, I haven't. other stuff that Taika Waititi's done, I think he's one of the best directors like working right now. And he just brings like an effortless humor to everything. And, um, so there's just so many like silly scenes in the film. It's a, it's a movie that I think you could watch with your kids. Um, oh, cool. that they would also probably enjoy there's there's some death but it's not like yeah i think it's mostly a pretty light uh is it light anyway i would say yeah. it's a good film and the kids would relate to the person who's the protagonist oh, who's, cool. the, who's the younger boy um and yeah it's just like it's got good music it has a lot of like exploring and mostly it's just a story of like inter- intergenerational companionship um between two people who don't feel like they could ever be cared about or cared for by anybody else right Mm. so it's sort of to a young man and an older man who don't know how to love i don't know which is like sometimes heartwarming um yeah and a lot of like really awesome uh character actors are playing other roles so you should also see thor ragnarok because it's (laughs) i would say the second the second best superhero movie um besides black panther I do not enjoy superhero movies. I'm a little like hesitant to see um, Black Panther because um, because I got very excited about Wonder Woman and while Wonder Woman it was, was trash. A great, it was what? that was a shitty movie. Wonder Woman was terrible, in my opinion. <laughs> right, but like, but so so, but it also had the um, like the hype on the internet beforehand too did it and oh yeah Not, maybe yeah, we run in different twitter circles but but i felt like so i'm a little bit like gun shy from buying into the wonder woman uh I, hype everybody and, i know hated that or hated the idea of that movie because gal gadot was in the in our in the israeli military as an apartheid force like killing palestinians oh. um and it's also that sort of like at from what like her all of the like female companionship she had in the beginning of the movie disappeared immediately after she left the island and then she just married oh, yeah. some guy named steve i don't know it was all really bad that was one of the worst movies <laughs> i've seen in a while um and, yeah, it, and i think bad. and i understand i hear what you're saying but i would i would suggest that like black panther is um an ensemble cast of people who like no one person is cooler than anybody everyone's just cool and everyone nice. is like has a character that they are acting um with lines that seem good seem believable there's an actual villain with with a a reasonable goal right Mm -hmm. it's not just like i'm aries to hell with the world like the right michael b jordan's character has something that i it makes sense to me it's like yeah that i get why you'd want to do that and like maybe that's not a Mm -hmm. bad thing to want to do um right and then Thor Ragnarok 2, or not Thor Ragnarok 2, Thor Ragnarok, rather, um, I think similarly, it, it's it's kind of a, it's a different direction. Like, Black Panther is sort of the best dramatic uh, sort of superhero film, and Thor Ragnarok is the best at, like, just being a fun, silly action mm-hmm. superhero movie. So it, it's sort of the opposite of, like, the Batman series, right? The, like, very serious ragnarok is just sort of like we're having a silly time 
these are superheroes. It's silly. Um, also has uh, Tessa Thompson plays the Valkyrie in that. And oh, she's yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. And also she's dating Janelle Monet, I think. And <laughs> she plays like a drunk Valkyrie. It's, nice. it's it's so good. And like the Hulk is sometimes funny in it. Anyway, I, I, I hear you on the Wonder Woman thing, but it if I were in control of your life, I would make you watch those two movies. Um <laughs> Well, also, just to wash your, value your wash that flavor out of your mouth, that bad right, yes. apartheid flavor. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you didn't, and like Justice League, I I have no interest in seeing that, partially because right. of how bad Wonder Woman was, but also because I've heard it's really really terrible. Yeah, um, it looks awful. So you said you'd read a lot of books too. Um, yes. In that, what what have you read lately that you loved? So what I have, I'm just turning, you all on the internet can't see this, but in case Brooke is wondering what I'm doing, I'm turning to face my bookshelf so that I remember all of the things that I have I read. I would go looking at my bookshelf. I don't have a, with the way that we sit when we record this, um, she's always in front of a bookshelf and I'm always in front of a window. So I'm mostly obscured by the light behind me and she, uh, I can just, I can read the book titles typically. So. Brooke's in uh, witness protection program. Sure. So uh, since like Christmas, I have read uh, The Animators, which was a great book about two women who are uh, make make animated movies together okay. and sort of their relationship. Um, it had some uh, less well constructed parts of the stories, but there were a couple of moments in it that it was like no book I've ever read before like made me gasp like oh wow yeah it was remarkable uh i've read a book called idaho which is about um a family uh that has some experiences some tragedy uh early on and sort of the way uh they deal with that and try to deal with the damage that it does to themselves uh -huh. um i read uh book called where are all my books oh sing unburied sing which is about a family in the south and a road trip that goes badly mm -hmm. um i read oh what else is here uh her body and other parties which is uh, a book of short stories that was is very good um lots of sex in that one um, hmm. what are my other books that I've read? What about you? What have you read? Quite a bit. Um, I also kind of, I had this like goal to read, I think 70 books last year, 75 books, something like that. Um, which I, I accomplished and this year I'm, I'm off to the races too. So like at the end of last year, um, I read Jaya Saxena and Jess Zimmerman's Basic Witches, which if you've ever like wanted to do witchcraft stuff or just like feel good about yourself as a person, um, huh. I think it's a really good book that like gives you a lot of like actual self care tips about like self esteem and like ways to relax and it's it sort of it, it's a it's a look at witchcraft that is both magical but also just like um, affirming which I think mm -hmm. is really great. Like to me, the best parts about witchcraft are the things that um, are about women seizing agency 
And this book isn't limited to women, but it, it covers a lot of that stuff. Um, uh, and uh, Caravel, which is by Stephanie Garber, which is like YA, um, but sort of hokey because it's all about like a girl falling for a boy, but um, also going to like a carnival that's like fantastical and magical. I don't know. I needed something silly to read and I liked it. Um, yeah. And the best book I read last year, which I read near the end of the year, was Her Body and Other Parties. Yeah, that's the one I said, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it great? It yeah. was amazing. Yeah, like absolutely outstanding, like totally ridiculous book. Um, I'm glad you read it too. Like it's yeah. just, the, and like so the, right. so I was like looking at my list when you were telling your list, so I missed that. But <laughs> with, um, the part in the middle where they were just doing, where she was doing the like list of weird episodes. Yes. Yeah. So great. It's CSI yeah. or something like that. But there was like this whole yeah. thing where she kind of comes up with fake plots to detective, a detective show. Law and order. Yeah. Law and order. Yeah. And there's like yeah. this, this meta narrative that starts forming. That's like really spooky. I don't know. It's really incredible. Creepy. Yeah. Um, I also read a book about Huga, which is like the Danish concept of comfort. Right. Um, that was really silly, but was good. And then this year, it's just been good book after good book. So I had uh, um, On Such a Full Sea by Chang Rae Lee, um, which is sort of like a future America where mm -hmm. uh, folks from China have come and like uh, settled in the remains of Baltimore and other cities to like oh. sort of act as a factory for the rich cities. I don't know. It's interesting. interesting. And then somebody leaves and goes somewhere else. Uh, Autonomous, which is a very Canadian book um, about drug piracy. So it's Annalie Newitz, who used to run io9. Um, and it is set in the near future where this person, this woman, Jack, is like a pirate who sails around um, copying healthy and healing drugs to like give to people for free. And then oh. the way that she makes her money is by copying like sort of uh, recreational drugs, I guess. And then something goes wrong with one of the things that she copies and she has to like try to figure it out. So it's, it's sort of that if you like the EFF and sort of the, you know, boing, boing dot right. net world of like, you know, that kind of thing, then this is sort of that. Um, it has some queerness. Uh, the thing I hated the most about it was that it tries to humanize cops, which like to hell uh. with that. Um, then I read two books by Malka Older, who's uh, Daniel Jose Older's sister. Um, he wrote uh -huh. like Shapeshifter or Shadow or something like that. Anyway, he's a fantasy author. She worked in like Darfur and a bunch of other places like Japan after disasters doing like relief work. And then she wrote these amazing books about um, sort of political techno thrillers. I don't know. There, it's Infomocracy is the first one. The second one's Null States. I think there's going to be a third one. Um, if you like spies and or are a political wonk and or like good books, I think those are really, really nice. Um, and then the most recent book I read, which I just finished like yesterday, was called Goodbye Things, <laughs> which is a Japanese book on minimalism. Um, oh, sort minimalism, of, yeah. Sort of in the vein of um, uh, the Marie Kondo, the magic yeah. art of tidying up or whatever. But um, this one is kind of written. It's like, I think Marie Kondo is like a, a capable and intelligent woman who like has a system. And that book right. is really cool. This is sort of like, what if you're a guy who just got rid of a lot of your stuff and decided to write a book about it? 
Like, <laughs> most of the book is him just being like, I don't know why I did this, but this worked. Like, Great. he talks about, like, it took me about five years to get all my stuff, but it seems like you could do it in a week. And he goes through, like, how you could do it in a week. He has a list of, like, 50, 55 ways to get rid of things. It. I don't want to, like, demean someone who wrote a book, because, like, it's hard to write a book, but a lot of this book was just, like, short declarative sentences. Um, huh. I actually saved a couple little snippets of it. Uh, I'll read. I'll read a couple really fast, just because I think... They give you a great idea of how ridiculous this book was and also how delightful it was, um, both. So let's see here. All right, so he has, he's like quotes movies and he quotes characters from movies as if they were real people and huh. instead of quoting like the writer of a book or whatever else. So in Hayao Miyazaki's film Castle in the Sky, the pirate Dola told Pazu to be prepared in 40 seconds. In Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds, Tom Cruise shouted the kids to get ready in 60 seconds so they could escape attack by aliens. I don't need that much time. <laughs> I always have my valuables and a minimal change of clothing and a carry-on case that I could take on board aircraft. I can get out of bed, pull out my carry-on case, get ready, and be out the door within 20 seconds. And it's like, <laughs> what? With fewer possessions, there will be less risk of damage during natural disaster. He then talks for a while about how if he has a lot of stuff, it could fall on his head during an earthquake. So that's why he doesn't have stuff. Uh, he also had a chapter that started with, I have more freedom. That's the title of the chapter. And uh, after that, it says, it's only after we've lost everything that we're free to do anything. Tyler Durden, Fight Club. <laughs> uh, all right, one more, one more. Uh, this chapter is called The Freedom to Move. Isn't it true that birds are free to soar high into the sky because their nests are simple? And they aren't weighed down by the need to accumulate things? I used to be the complete opposite of birds. I had a huge <laughs> shelving unit taking up space in the kitchen. At one point, I even had a darkroom set up in the corner of my place. In the hallway stood massive bookshelves holding tons of books. I used to think that for my next move, I would need a lot of space and storage for all these things, and probably even a whole extra room where my huge TV set and home theater setup could be fully enjoyed. Just like, wow. you know, the opposite of a bird. Right. <laughs> Those birds don't need photography. And I, I should say, like, this was written in Japanese originally, so maybe oh, um, in Japanese it, it reads a little bit better. I, but I doubt it. I bet it. I bet this was a pretty simple book in Japanese as well. Um, but I, I kind of like, uh, it's not a hate read. Like, it was sort of a, a joke read. I was just like, I, uh, I saw it in Singapore, um, and then I bought it months later in America, and was like, I bet this might have some germs of interesting truth in it, even if the rest of it's just a joke. And uh, and that was true. There were some things where I was like, oh, that's really helpful. That's a, right. a good way to think about it. And other things where I was like, wow, man, you just really, um, you know, made some choices. Huh. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot to mention I read uh, Son of a Trickster by Eden Robinson, who is a Canadian oh. uh, Indigenous writer. And this is the second book by her that I've read. The first one was called Monkey Beach. Okay. Um, but Son of a Trickster was really good. It's about, and I think it's part of it, the first of a trilogy she's going to write. But it's about a teenage boy who uh, starts to understand that uh, some of his family and maybe himself are a little bit magical and have mm -hmm. a connection with um, sort of the. Uh, and like the magical realm mm -hmm. um, and there's some like shape-shifting into animals and, and magic that happens in the book but it really like nailed the uh, native teenage 
experience and voice really well. I loved oh, cool. it. I love it. Um, we're also reading for my book club, The Wrinkle in Time. Oh. Uh, which I've read before, but we're rereading it because the movie's coming out. And the movie should be awesome. Ava DuVernay is really cool. But you're I do not like that book. You hate I that don't book? Like... Wow. Uh... Really? I didn't know that. I don't like how Meg is, like, so, like, concerned with a boy. Like, it really bugs me. I don't remember. Remind no. me. I've read the book before, and it's. I don't think well, we're spoiling anything, but... She's... No, it's, like, throughout. She's just... Um, she... Well, what's the kid's name that she has a crush on? Like, her schoolmate that goes on the adventure with them. Not her little brother, but Not the... Charles. Not Charles. Boy. Charles is Charles is cool, but he's a little bit like annoying as well. Yeah, he's like, like I a think dick, he's... I remember. Yeah. He's like super and... precocious. Yeah. So and then the other guy um, that Meg has a crush on, it's just like, oh, really? Couldn't she have been just awesome and not obsessed with how no. she looks to this boy? Like, Gary, you know, as oh. women, we're not allowed to be awesome. We just have to be obsessed with boys. <sighs> <laughs> I appreciated Ursula Le Guin. Uh, I, you know, she uh, died recently, um, and in that, I read a thing that where she had talked about how, in many of her books, especially early on, all the characters were men. Like she was still writing stories about men, uh -huh. um, and I was kind of relieved to hear, and that, and that she had done that because she was just trying to play the the game of getting published in sci-fi and. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, that's good, because that really is something, when people had recommended her to me um, as this great feminist science fiction writer, I was like, oh, great. And then I read, you know, The Dispossessed and uh, Left Hand of Darkness, and I'm like, oh, like, it's more stories about men. <laughs> and so to hear her say, like, yeah, like, I, if I thought I could have i would have written stories about women and later on i think she did um but the struggle is real to like uh, play the game but also uh, represent un underrepresented people so mm -hmm. yeah i think that it's also hard to uh in my experience if you haven't if you haven't seen someone else do it before yes right? um maybe i think even though like we are women you know, a lot of us grew up reading men, being around men, seeing men as protagonists in movies, and, like, even being a woman yourself, maybe we haven't always, in my life, I haven't always, like, found myself full of agency, right? Yeah. Oftentimes it feels like I'm the side character in men's stories. I don't even date men, but, like, just at work and stuff like that, it sometimes seems like, I don't know. Um, yeah. So I think writing about writing a, a, a female main character or protagonist um, or a story that centers like women can be hard in that case. Cause it, it's like, yeah. well, how do, where do I, where do I, how do I create this? Right. It's like the true fantasy is like <laughs> a world where women have the ability to make choices that like make the world better or, or different, um, <laughs> which sucks. But, mm. but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I'm still on this kick of like only reading women and then occasionally reading uh, men of color um, yeah, and that actually recently, uh, the most recent book I tried to read by a guy right before this terrible one called Goodbye Things was called Darkness. I think it's called by a guy named William Hayashi, and um, 
he's like a professor at the University of Chicago, and I'd heard good things about the book because it's a it's an interesting concept of like um, black folks I think in America get access to technology and are able to go to space pretty quickly and um, settle on the dark side of the moon and build like a society. Mm-hmm. And so the book is sort of about that. Uh, but the way he writes women is so bad. Um, like women say, hey, girlfriend to each other. And just like stuff that doesn't really happen. And then I think in the first like 20 pages, at least twice, he mentions how good of university, University of Chicago is. He's like, you know, it's basically like an Ivy, but for cheaper. And I'm like, man, like, it'd be like, yeah. just, I'm just trying to imagine writing fiction being like, like talking about my company or something where I work and being like, you know, it's a pretty cool company. It's like, that's just awkward. Um, but it was, the writing was so bad in the first like couple chapters that my friend and I who are reading it together, we just like put it down and stepped away just from now. it. Yeah. And I, I think that's, uh, I've been spoiled a little bit by amazing and, and like talented um, women who yes. write these like rich characters and stories that are like full of agency and full of, actual things that women might do and do do or could do yeah when i read a guy trying to write women most of the time it's bad i think yeah there's only a couple authors i know of that are men who who write women well and i think like william gibson is one in my mind that writes women pretty Mm -hmm. well i can't think of another one off the top of my head (laughs) i'm reading uh exit west by mohsin hamid right now that book's amazing enjoying it very much and he's doing a decent job yeah writing the one character um but yeah i know i i i also feel the same i've noticed um people who have never had children don't write the parenting experience like very few authors who haven't had children write the parenting experience very well and it that makes sense it's very weird when it happens um but yeah i guess it's understandable (laughs) i'm trying to imagine uh how i'd write about children having children i just probably wouldn't i think that's the way i would do it or i would consult i would pay you money and be like hey carrie i need someone to tell me about being a mom can you do it here's some money um which is a great way to do things if you're a person who's trying to write about people that you are not uh or experiences that you have not had pay the people money who have had those experiences to consult with you it's a great plan everyone wins like i had a, a friend of the podcast um mo uh, also former oh, yeah. coworker of yours, uh, was like, hey, I don't have a lot of money, but I would love to take you out for ramen and a drink in order to consult on this video game I'm making because um, you're a cool queer trans woman and I would love to ask you some questions for the trans characters that I'm putting in this in this game I'm making. And I was really happy to. Like, not only because yeah. we had a good relationship and I knew that like she respected me as a person and, like loves trans women but also because i like eating free food and drinks so it was, right. just, it, it was great all around um, and her game looks really cool it so. does look really cool yeah um yeah if you if you, you go link to the patreon it's like queer quest um i think it's what it's called there's a playable demo and it's a um sort of a day of the tentacle 2d you know point and click action or action adventure game yeah adventure game um that is uh, about queerness and such so it's really really good but yeah i I don't have any idea what parenthood is like i have have a cat (laughs) which is close but not quite the same 
Yeah, except, I don't know, probably, he mostly he just sleeps, like, he's sleeping right next to me right now as we're recording, so. Aww. He doesn't, he doesn't yell very much. Um, cool. So, you're reading Exit West by Moishane. I'm reading, um, a terrible, but also maybe good book called Soulless by Gail Kerrigan. Oh. Like, the first book of the Parasol Protectorate. It's like a <laughs> Victorian, sort of, like, overwrought, um, zombie, not zombie, uh, vampire and werewolf thing oh nice the main character is a woman who has no soul and as such she can cancel out the powers of supernatural creatures um i can't tell if i could do that yeah exactly i can't tell if it means to be as funny as it is or if it's like it's hard to say but i'm reading that right now so um cool so i think yeah probably we should wrap it up um yep i know we'd like to talk about some more things next time i think we'll probably start recording more um, sorry again for the wait for folks. Uh, there was a technology issue to some degree. Um, for a little while there, the thing we used to record wasn't working with the thing that we used to call each other, um, which meant for us who are not located in the same city, a difficult time making podcasts. But that does hinder things, all right. It's fixed up. Also, um, I'm getting a back. new I'm getting a new mic soon, I think, because the company's buying me one, so the sound quality oh, might get better. I hope. That'll be nice too. A <laughs> yeah. treat for the loyal listeners. For the for the few few people who stuck around. So <laughs> awesome. oh, uh, quick question for you. I know you don't listen to podcasts, but have you listened to any podcasts lately? <gasps> yes, actually. Yay. Good. Uh, okay. So uh, I listened to uh, Burn It All Down, which okay. is a podcast about sports, which is a thing I actually enjoy very much. Okay. Um, but it's five women podcasting about cool. sports cool. so it's a very it's the tagline is a f- the feminist sports podcast you need and it definitely is that like i could get excited about sports again having five 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 diverse women uh talking about it, it it's really great that's awesome i've been listening to a bunch of podcasts but i think the one i would uh yeah the one I'd say to listen to right now is um, Imogen Watches Classic Films. Oh, yeah. Um, my friend Imogen, uh, who is a writer and a punk and a therapist and lots of things, um, she just started the second season recently. But it's a podcast where she watches films that she considers classic, and then she sort of talks through them and reviews them a little bit. Um, it's pretty delightful she uh, often records them in the car like on the way to work so the sound quality isn't always the best but um it is pretty funny and she just did the lost boys in the most recent episode (gasps) Um, i've been meaning to go back and watch that movie and yeah this will make you excited uh the other one that i've been listening to a lot is query by cameron esposito Um, oh the podcast where she interviews like queer folks and it's actually really good like I think half the people she's talked to so far in the show are like trans women or something. So um, nice. it's pretty neat. But yeah, Imogen Watches Classic Films is definitely the number one I'd, I'd say to listen to. Cool. It's, if you, a friend of mine got in the car and like heard me listening to it and was like, is that, are you listening to your own podcast? <laughs> I guess our voices sound similar enough to my friend that we, <laughs> yeah, which I just cracked oh, up yeah. and I was like, no, it's another white trans woman. 
<laughs> but you do listen to our podcast, right? You listen to Grown Ups all the time. I do. Well, right? I have to. I edit it, and then I have to listen <laughs> to it at least once to make sure that it sounded okay and we didn't say anything terrible. <laughs> you know. So yes, I, I listened to it a few times. Um, nice. Yeah. Well, it was lovely catching up again. Yeah. Um, thanks everybody for listening. I hope that you have seen some fun movies and films, uh, movies and film, <laughs> movies and read some cool books. And uh, yeah, if you want to tweet at us, um, I am at b r o o k s h e l l e y Brooke Shelley on the Twitter. And I am at K-A-Y-A-Y-A-R-A-I on the Twitter. And uh, the show has a handle as well. It is at grownups underscore FM. Yeah. And feel free to tweet at us. Let us know what you thought about the movies that we talked about or anything that you think we should watch. Um, also, questions. If you have stuff that you want us to like answer on the show, I think we probably would take some questions. Totally. Um, you can also email me. My email address is the same as my Twitter handle, but at Gmail. Um, same and yeah so we'll probably chat some more about some more adult things after this um so stay tuned for more episodes bye all right bye cool